0: Here are your hosts, Dana Southern and Gary Green.
2: Good morning and welcome to your Car Insiders on 96 of the Patriot. Once again, my name is Gary Green. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Dana Southern, and we are your car insiders. We work for you, not the dealer. I want to go back to last week's show where we finished up, we were talking about warranties. And really what a warranty is, it's an insurance policy against your car breaking. Now, I helped a young couple get a car and I had helped their father. And their father's called a few times since, and he thinks sometimes he's figured out the car business. So when he calls, I don't take his calls serious anymore until he's ready to do something. And when someone tells me, well, I don't want to go to that dealership, they have an addendum. Every dealership has an addendum, almost every. There's a few exceptions. and And we know our way around them. But I was there with the young man, and we went, and he had a vehicle that was barely running Chevy Tahoe. And he wanted three thousand
3: dollars for it. How did he arrive at wanting three thousand? Because that's what he thought it was worth. And how did he arrive at that? Because that's what he thought it was worth. So just emotion, feeling. Correct.
2: And the funny part wasn't it wasn't funny. He and his family needed a third row seat vehicle, so they didn't have terrible credit, but they didn't have great credit. So he calls me two days later, the car that he thought was worth three grand, when the sales manager at the Cadillac store we were looking at a used vehicle said, I don't even want the car. This car is not going to be running in a week.
3: Sometimes, you know, just to risk taking it to the auction to wholesale it, 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 it could be cost prohibitive. They'll have a wholesaler just come and tow it off their property. Well, guess what? It lasted two days.
2: So we end up, We go to, and the only vehicle they could possibly buy that fit their budget, that had a third row seat, that had great rebates, was, and Dana just lipped it, a Dodge Journey. So we got all done and we went into the finance office, and I knew the finance manager, so they were putting no money down just so this was how much they could pay for Gap and this is how much the warranty was. So this young man was so adamant, I don't need a warranty. I don't need a warranty. And I looked at him and said, listen, you don't need a warranty. You are stretching your budget to the max on the payment alone. In three years, you will be out of warranty, but the car will be under on the miles because your wife doesn't drive a lot. So my suggestion is we need to look at how much a six year, 75,000 mile warranty will cost you so that you can make a decision as to if that makes sense. Oh, I don't need a warranty. So I looked at him and said, listen, And I said to the finance guy, how much is the warranty? So he told me how much the warranty was. And I happened to have been to the bank earlier that day. I had cashed some checks and I had a stack in my pocket. And I took the money out of my pocket and I put it on the desk and I told the young man, if you could give me one good reason why you don't feel you need that warranty to protect your investment, I'll pay cash for it right now. And he looks at me with a grin on his face like he just won. And said, well, my buddy will fix the car for free. (laughs) And he went to grab the money. And I put my hand on the money and put it back in my pocket. And I looked at him and said, do you have a friend that will steal the parts for you? Folks, the next time you get your car fixed, look at the bill. It's probably 75% of the bill is parts.
3: It can vary. I don't know. And
2: Dana will know that I, better from his years I, I, as a GM? I,
3: theoretically, it should be closer to 50 cents to the dollar, but that can vary from manufacturer and brand, and there's there's no set amount. But as it relates, I'm going to give you a quick story. Just yesterday, I had a friend who had bought a vehicle who was inquiring about getting an extended service contract on it. and because he was my friend, because he was my client, I was, of course, more than happy to help him get the lowest price possible on an extended service contract. Anyway, um, I just did a brain fart. You um, were telling a story about your friend that needed an extended service contract. So, Well, and w- with him wanting the extended service contract, I decided to call, of course, my friend who is the general manager of a dealership that, of course, sells that brand. And the, the thing that I'm bringing this up for, is that he's only been with Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge Ram now for a little over a year. He had spent a lot of years with a a different brand prior to that. So when I called him up and I said my friend had bought a vehicle and hadn't bought the warranty, and I had suggested it, he said... One thing I've learned since being with this company is you buy an extended service contract. So for whatever it's worth, from the lips of a general manager who's been with them for about a year and a half, I know at the right price for the right product, it's probably in your best interest if you plan to keep it beyond the warranty period to purchase that product because historically it pays off.
2: Now, it's funny that Dana said that radio show listener, really, really nice guy. And he's buying a GMC Yukon. And Yukons are a tough car to know if you're getting a great deal because every stinking month, they change the incentives on those cars. So when you see something that looks really good, you don't want to roll the dice and say, it'll get better next year, next month, whatever it is. So he buys a Yukon and he's financing the vehicle and he says... Oh, I don't need a warranty. So I looked at him and I said, okay, let me ask you a couple of questions, Ron. When did the navigation system in your car stop working? I don't have navigation in my truck. When did your sunroof in your truck stop working? I don't have a sunroof in my truck. When did your backup camera in your truck stop working? When did your dual zone climate control air conditioning module stop working? Now,
3: blind spot monitors right.
2: The technology today. Okay. I'm not worried about the motor falling out of a car. I'm not worried about the transmission falling out of a vehicle. I sold I had a, a Corvette that I had for 40,000 miles and I sold it the month my warranty expired. And I sat down with my friend who bought the car and I gave him a very fair deal on the car at his credit union and the credit union is going through this and this and this and they're cutting me my check for my equity. They're paying off my credit union and the gal offers him a warranty and he says, no. And I'm like, Pete, let me tell you about some of the repairs that I've done over the years. So the screen for the dual zone climate control air conditioning Went black So whatever you did with the dials You couldn't tell what this, what it was doing Very costly repair Over $3,000 Warranty picked it up Certain things also expensive He decided not to do that So I see him a couple of days later at work And I walk out and there's the Corvette In the parking lot One headlight up, one headlight down Oops okay. About Wait. a $1,000 repair he didn't buy the warranty. He paid for that. About a week later, he comes to me and says, "I should have listened to you." I said, "I know you should have listened to me." Now, when I told you the car, Pete, I disclosed everything that was wrong with the car, and there was nothing wrong. Okay, the headlights worked perfectly fine when you bought the car. Yep, and he wasn't looking for anything. Well, he says to me, "I got up and I noticed a leak." I was smelling fuel in my garage. Not a very good thing to smell in the garage. Well, in a Corvette, if you're not familiar with it, you have one fuel gauge, but you have two fuel tanks. And it's not like a Ford pickup truck where you have two fuel doors. In a Corvette, one tank fills, the gas goes over to the other side and fills the other tank. Well, it needs a fuel pump to send the fuel from one tank to the other. The fuel pump went. And he had made repairs in the first month of owning the car and never complained to me, never complained to me. I let him drive the car five or six times before he bought it. I let him drive it for three days. He never complained to me, but he realized when you buy a car, there is no crystal ball. You cannot look inside a car and tell and you cannot go by what a carfax says
3: and so obviously you know making a decision to self-insure or not self-insure when you purchase a vehicle is is really an individual decision and because of the technology because of the advances and features that are available the, the chance that something could break is obviously far greater because there's more things on it obviously if you're a, a young person and or a young family and you have a you know relatively fixed income you're possibly the people that are not in a position where if something were to happen to have to come up with a big lump sum would, would potentially be something that you could manage and so Insurance, just like when you buy health insurance or buy car insurance, you're, you're essentially making a decision that, hey, I'd rather have the peace of mind of knowing. And again, the key is the product's not worth buying it all if you're paying too much if you're buying the wrong product it's it, just as bad and and so it it's not that you just automatically should do it there there are other people that you know I'm sure are certainly wealthy and and feel like hey if something happens I can afford it but to to simply go by a publication saying hey extended warranties we don't think you should buy them all well, these people they the, the key I guess is in, We're not going to be sitting in your back seat. We're not going to provide you with a rental car. If something happens that's costly, we're not going to be there to fix it. So when we're helping someone acquire a vehicle, we guide them to what the lowest possible price for the best possible product is, and then, depending on the person's you know choice they make the decision obviously Gary from past experience feels very strongly about protecting his investment and at the right price he does that you as an individual we don't say hey you have to do this we just explain the reasons why you should consider it
2: you know and 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 the thing about a warranty is it's what it is it's insurance So what you have to look at is if they came out tomorrow and passed a law that said you didn't need car insurance, would you self-insure yourself against the repair? You just have to decide when you're buying a service contract if you want to self-insure yourself. If you decide to self-insure yourself, you know, I've sat with people and the person, you know, the third baseman that they brought with them says, well, don't buy that warranty. You don't need that. And I'll look at that person and say, let me ask you a question. When their car breaks, are you going to be there to pay the repair for them? Common sense. It's, it's all about common sense. But as Dana said earlier, at certain dollar amounts, you might decide, hey, I want to self-insure myself. I've never helped anybody get a warranty that one repair wouldn't cover the cost.
4: The most prestigious and coveted honor that American Honda Motor Company awards dealerships is the President's Award.
2: Make
0: a plan today to get your house checked.
5: Visit brightfocus.org to learn more.
3: Welcome back to Your Car Insiders on 960 The Patriot. We want to send a special thanks out to Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen located in Peoria, Arizona at 8801 West Bell Road. They, I think their catchphrase, which is actually true, the dealer for the people, we're, we're kind of like the consumer advocates for the people, for a person generally buying a Volkswagen you just need to go to two places if you go there and anywhere else you'll get it
2: you know and, and it's funny we're gonna I'm just gonna touch on it for two seconds but you know when Dana was talking about the warranty i've I don't drive a car without one I'm a believer in one now I have a 5,000 mile car that's been in the shop three times already and I laugh because it was silly stuff. One was it was really cold one morning. I was outside, and when the car started, it kind of misfired. So the check engine light came on. Real easy fix. A couple of weeks later, check engine light came on. I thought it was the same thing. Well, it wasn't the same thing, and they didn't want to just shut the light off. I had to leave the car at the dealership. Well, I left the car at the dealership because I bought an extended warranty, and they gave me another car to drive. I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to get a ride home. But what happened was when the car shut off. The oil pressure gauge didn't go all the way down to zero. It went to one pound. So when the car shut off and it was one pound of oil pressure, there was something wrong with the sending unit. The check engine light came on. If you want to self-insure yourself, that's what your choice is, and it's the last we're going to talk about, that kind of insurance. Now, let's talk about a different kind of insurance. GAP
3: insurance. And GAP insurance, and the, the actual word GAP, the acronym is Guaranteed Asset Protection. And so that, that's what GAP stands for. And the purpose of GAP is it's designed that when someone purchases or leases a vehicle and finances it, that... In the event the vehicle were to be totaled, stolen, or irreparably damaged, that this policy would cover the disparity or the difference between what was owed on the vehicle at the time of the event and what the vehicle was worth. So essentially, the lending institution, if you have gap insurance and you have the proper gap insurance, meaning that it's designed to cover the full amount of the loss, then in the event of a total loss, they would pay off the full balance of your loan as opposed to you being responsible for the deficiency. So lots and lots of people across the valley, millions I would have to say over the years, have of course been offered, presented, needed and also not needed gap insurance. And the key of course is understanding Arguably, you know, what the product does, what it's designed to do. In the past, there were products that were sold that were designed to cover 125% of the value of the car in the event of a total loss. Well, in some cases, that wasn't enough to cover the entire gap. So essentially, people bought gap insurance. The gap insurance paid what they paid up to, and then the person was still responsible for the difference on top of that.
2: You know, and when when you have gap insurance, and I shouldn't say when you'd have it, when you're sitting in a finance office and you're buying a vehicle and you have equity from a trade-in and you're putting money down, and the finance manager starts discussing with you gap insurance. You need to be prepared because if he's talking to you about gap that you don't need, he's probably going to discuss a lot of other
3: products that you don't need. Now, when Gary says this, the when. When you're buying a vehicle, depending on how much equity you have in your trade and how much you're putting down, what he's alluding to is that, well, of course, if we're helping you get a car, you're getting such a good deal in the first place, you're not paying too much. However, depending on your equity position in your trade and what
2: you- You may not need it at all. Of course. So the point that I was making was the worst thing you could possibly have when you go and buy a car and you have negative equity and you're too smart to buy- Gap Insurance, you don't buy it, and God forbid something happens to that vehicle, you get a very nice letter in the mail from your lender because your insurance company paid X, you owed Y, and the letter that you get is called a deficiency notice. Now, there are certain lenders that will not finance your new car without proof of your previous car loan being paid. If there's a deficiency notice involved, you don't get that proof until you pay that. So the sad thing that I see, I saw somebody the other day that they were $10,000 upside down. They weren't our client. They were at the dealership re-signing, and I happened to be outside the finance office, and they were talking about they don't need gap insurance. What? The gap insurance was changing their payment $9. They didn't see the value. Now, what you have to remember, if you go into a car deal and put no money down, and you're $10,000 upside down, and your credit's good enough to get you out, how upside down are you going to be in 24 months on that 72-month loan?
3: Oh, my goodness, so bad. And and that's a type of a scenario where we would be guiding you to not be trading your car, If there was any way not to trade your car when you have $10,000 negative equity, you should not be trying to trade that car at all, and if there's any way to make it work longer and get that deficiency down, that would be our advice, not trying to figure out how to make an appointment at a showroom to carry that massive negative equity into a new loan. Our advice would be, how do we attack this situation and make it better before going into a new one? But you know, back and, and, to gap insurance in particular, it's also a product that what you pay for it is is it critical as, as whether you make the decision to buy it or not. Many times, as Gary was alluding to, the finance manager is just trying to sell something that benefits them. There are times when you absolutely should buy it for the peace of mind of knowing that, God forbid, if something happens, you're protected. There are, the key, of course, is what's the product, what's the price, do you need it or not? We will only guide you to what you should do and what you do need and then help you get it at a price that typically saves our clients more than our entire fee just on that one product alone. And there are
2: dealerships that the finance managers they won't even negotiate. Either you pay that for the gap or you don't get it. Don't particularly care to go to those dealerships and when I do, I normally don't deal with the finance manager. My friend who's the sales manager used car director, he prints the paperwork for me. Because I'm not going to have a finance guy look at me and tell me my client, if they don't want to pay... Nine ninety five 95 for gap insurance. They don't get it. Well, you don't get it. And the next time they do it it'll be the last time I ever go to the dealership.
3: By the way, you know, if, if you heard that the at least in Gary's you know expert opinion the price that they were trying to charge was extortionist and what they were saying is that if you don't pay this extortionist price for it we're not going to offer you the protection that that that's just wrong on so many different levels but it's one of the products like the extended service contract that you have to make a decision regarding when Gary mentioned prepaid maintenance there's not too many scenarios where we would recommend purchasing prepaid maintenance but as gary alluded to there are certain brands like mercedes we will revisit the audi one separately like subaru that have maintenance programs that are by design regulated and depending on how you're paying for it even residualized and ultimately it's a product that There may be logic in buying. In most cases, you're better off paying as you go.
5: I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. Heroes and But the love from his kids is totally apparent. Ooh.
0: See, you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect
5: you just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. AdoptUSKids in the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back to your car insiders on 96 of the Patriot. Remember, you can always reach Dana at 602-679-8324. Once again, that number is 602-679-8324. You can reach me at 602-525-1370. Once again, my number is 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to the Earnhardt family of dealerships. We we don't deal with all the stores. We don't go to all the stores, but it's basically more about location. And, you know, Dana and I primarily have worked in the car business east of Scottsdale for the most part. Okay. I think the farthest east dealership... West of Scottsdale. West of Scottsdale. Thank the farthest you. east dealership I ever worked that I worked at Pinnacle Nissan.
3: I was for the general short... manager of Riverview Nissan for a short time, and I was also the general manager of a Honda store in the East Valley for right. a short time, but other than that, most of my time spent in... And our business is
2: about relationships. It's about helping people, but... You know, one of the things that I enjoy when I help somebody, but we're not selling you a car. And we've gotten to the point where a lot of the people will let us. And I laugh when it says the finance manager's name on the deal and it says house. House. His name's not house because the GM understands that. Now, there are plenty of times that they take the deal and put it in their name. Because they don't care that they're not making any money on the warranty. They care that they're getting penetration.
3: Can you explain that? Because they would understand. Let me finish. All right, go ahead.
2: A finance manager's pay is the worst way you can possibly get paid in a car dealership, in my opinion. You get paid on products that you sell and the profit on the products that you sell. And if you don't sell a certain amount of percentage of products, you don't get paid on those products,
3: that was the third one.
2: So when a finance guy looks at me and says, "You know, he's a hundred over on the warranty," and I know he's a hundred over on the warranty, and he's under four, he's under four ninety five for Gap, he no- normally takes the loan, he takes the deal because a he's probably got some kind of a flat if they're financing the car. B, he's getting a warranty penetration, and three, he's getting gap. Now, there are certain pay plans that you know finance managers never used to want to sell credit life and disability insurance. A lot of car dealerships don't even offer it anymore. It's cost prohibitive for them. Now, I remember when I was going to finance school. When I was working for Van Tyle, they explained to us that you pitch it each and every single time. And the reason they did that was they had a client come in and buy a vehicle. And when he purchased the vehicle, he was not offered gap insurance, did not buy gap insurance, and in the first 30 days, the gentleman had a massive heart attack and died. So his wife, the gentleman was not by any means poor. They had a lawyer, an accountant, and the wife was not on the contract for the car deal. But the wife said he always buys credit life and disability insurance. Life insurance. On the cars. And he had plenty of life insurance. But the way that credit life and disability insurance worked, if you finance a car, it pays off the loan, and whatever the interest is that was still due on the loan, you get a check for that. Yes, you do. So it's do. like having a life insurance policy. And- What people don't understand, and it used to annoy the crap out of me, when someone was smart enough to say, well, I have life insurance to take care of that. Your life insurance is not to pay your debts off. Your life insurance is to help your family when you're not there. And I understand it all too well because my dad died when I was 15 years old, and the only thing that saved us was my father had been out on workman's compensation. And I jokingly call him an ambulance chaser lawyer, called my mother, and got his workman's compensation reinstated. And from 1976 to 2017, when my mother passed away, she collected over $400,000 because the lawyer made a phone call. So this woman, when she went to the lawyer and the accountant, she had all the documentation from every car he'd ever bought, and every car had credit life and disability insurance instead of this car. And the dealership did not have the waiver waiver saying that I'm not buying that. Now, I was so anal when I did my paperwork when I was in finance, and I hated finance. But if the, somebody was buying a car, and even if they were paying cash, I wrote cash on the waiver for credit life and disability insurance and still had them sign it. Since she they couldn't prove they offered it to him, they
3: had to pay off the car and pay interest. Off the car,
2: pay off the interest, and to keep it out of court, they gave her x amount of dollars. So we were told you pitched it all the time.
3: Well, and one other last thing on that: if you are like an older person, the credit life and disability is the only thing that's regulated by the state, and ultimately it's based on group group rates and declining term meaning that you can't buy insurance cheaper now question for you there there is an age limit yeah you you cannot reach the age of 70 when the contract matures okay so if you're 64 years
2: old and you're financing the car for six six years you might have a problem buying it i had a friend unfortunately he knew he was sick and wanted to buy it and he would have had to finance the car for a year We work for you, not the dealer. Remember, you can reach me at 602-525-1370 and Dana at 602-679-8324.
4: Welcome to
1: Rodeo Ford, located in Goodyear, Arizona at 13680 West Test Drive. Rodeo Ford is proud to be one of the premier dealerships in the area. From the moment you walk in their showroom, you'll know their commitment to customer service is second to none. They strive to make your experience with Rodeo Ford a good one for the life of your vehicle. Whether you need to purchase, finance, or service a new or free-owned Ford, you've come to the right place.
5: Remember when a small business needed a landline?
3: back to your car insiders on 960 the Patriot you know in, in talking about the, the different products that, that are offered or, or available in the different finance offices across the valley um, there's products like tire and wheel protection and uh, again there's there's depending on the actual product, you have to kind of understand if it means you have to hit a road hazard in the road in order for that tire and wheel coverage to actually take place. Or if they mean if you curb a wheel into a curb that's stationary, are they going to cover and or protect it? There's there's a lot of ambiguity and a lot of differences between the different types of policies that are offered and You know, for some people, there could be value in it, but the key, of course, again, is is what you pay. And I've seen prices on these products as I know Gary has, where for just tire and wheel alone, and I bet if I said Gary, let's say the number out loud at the same time, he'd say the same number as high as two thousand bucks.
2: I had a client that we leased a car, and it it was like seventeen hundred dollars, and. We had done the whole deal, and I left, and they were delivering the car with the paperwork. And he called me and said he wanted it. And I'm like, and his his thoughts were, I fixed three wheels. I spent more on fixing wheels than the three for the. So I'm okay. He was okay paying it. Now me for seven hundred bucks, I'm not buying it.
3: Not a chance. And and again, that product I've seen as low as two ninety nine. And so it it depends on the product. And from there, there's things like clear bras, there's things like low jacks, there's things like aftermarket security systems, which I'm not a big fan of, by the way, Um, aftermarket security systems, just briefly, you know, putting a foreign object into the computer or the multiplex of a car is, is not something that... I've ever ran into one of my previous mechanics in the past that ever said they thought it was a good idea. I've 100% heard that it's a bad idea. What's that? I was Putting what, an I mean, aftermarket alarm system uh, into the car. Here.
2: I had a client buy one, and the, the father actually wanted his daughter to have it, and I've never really helped anybody buy one. And I let them leave it in my daughter's lease because I, I didn't care. But his daughter moved, and when she moved, she had a problem with the car. The dealership is in a different state, different coast, and they wouldn't touch the car. They would not work on the car until the dealership that installed the alarm mailed a check for $140 to have the alarm removed. Because it was a battery issue, and they were claiming the battery issue was due to the aftermarket alarm. I'm not a fan of them.
3: And so, you know, there could be isolated incidences where, you know, as an example, if you carry valuables in your car and, you know, some of the factory systems perhaps don't have shock sensors. So if someone were to break your window, reach in and grab something from inside, perhaps it wouldn't set off the alarm. So there are perhaps some unique cases where we're getting an upgraded system might be in your best interest. But that's something I would investigate outside of the finance office at the dealership because I can assure you that from the 30 plus years I've been in this marketplace and for the well over 25 years, they've been putting security systems into cars. I can assure you that whatever they're putting in as a standard security system on the cars is nothing special. There are way better systems out there that couldn't cost more if you just did a little research. But the the key to, to all these different products is for a lot of people, there's arguably no value in any of them. What can happen, though, is a a very skilled negotiator and and finance manager, whether it be a man or a woman, can make things sound and build value and, and make it seem like it's something better, bigger than it actually is and have people that logically should never spend that much money spend that much money. Because they get talked into something that sounds good. We're not going to let you get talked into anything that sounds good. We're going to, if you see value in it, we'll help you get the lowest price possible on it, but we're going to make sure you understand what it is you're actually buying.
2: And that's the important thing. Remember this you want to know what you have what you paid for it, and if you need it. And the worst possible thing is to need something that you thought you had and you don't have. Now, when you're signing your documents in your car deal, make sure if you're buying a warranty and they tell you it's a six year, 100,000 mile platinum plan, you wanna make sure That it says 72 months, 100,000 miles, and the box is checked platinum. Because if it's not that, and you sign it, and you find out in four years that it was something else that you
3: bought, and now that's not covered, it's your problem. And, you know, Gary, when you say that, it's so important because what will happen often, now, of course, this never happens if Gary or I are there. It could never happen. But what happens really often is people go into that finance office and, and they realize that, hey, I do see value in an extended warranty. I, I think I do need it. But the finance managers hit them at such a high price for the product that the only way that for them to make as much money as they want to, they end up shortening the term and the coverage and perhaps the, the level of the coverage. Or they
2: lengthen the term of your loan and you don't catch it. <laughs>
3: Whichever way they may go about it, the, the key, of course, is that if you drive 20,000 miles a year and you have a six year loan, you, you don't, don't buy want- a 75,000 mile warranty. Correct. You know,
2: it's funny that what we're talking about. I have a friend that purchased a car, and the, the general manager of the dealership was a really good buddy of mine. Now, my friend can pay to fix his car buying one part at a time in the parts department and paying the hourly rate for the dealership to put the car together. He's loaded. And it won't make a difference. Well, we sat there in the finance office and I knew the finance guy and didn't, he pitched him on a product that was a maintenance agreement and we ran over it three or four times. This covers all schedule maintenances for 75,000 miles. Yep. Yep. All the services. Yep. Whether it's Schedule A, Schedule B. Yep. So at 15,000 miles, he took his car in for service, and the finance guy no longer worked at the dealership. And what a shocker. The, and the service manager basically said, that's not covered. What you purchased was a five-year, 75,000-mile oil change and tire rotation program.
3: Oops. Well, well, that's not covering everything on the car maintenance wise. So
2: at all, at that point, the friend of mine that was the general manager, there was a change in. There was a store that looked over this store, and there was a change in the GM there, and two different philosophies. And my friend chose that the best of, in his best interest. It was time to move on. He went to work for another dealer group, and. I called him and told him, and he was like, oh, my God, he did it to him. I said, yep. He said, Gary, he's done it. It's unbelievable the heat they're getting from this. So I called the controller, who I knew at the time, and the controller was not – I don't want to call him a friend. He was a guy that when I worked with him, I didn't particularly care for him, but he was – and he said, Gary, I'm really sorry, but unfortunately, let me put it to you this way. There's a new sheriff in town, and his attitude is you should have read what you bought before you signed it. Really? So my friend turns around and says, okay, I'm gonna call the dealership. Calls the dealership. Leaves a message for the general manager and the general manager's assistant. And to go ahead, seven messages. No phone call returned. So finally, it was the first time ever I talked about a car dealership on the radio show, and this was years ago. This was like 2012. And I told my friend at the dealership, the controller, and they agreed to finally fix the problem. So my friend had to go into the dealership and pick up what was called a wheel. And the wheel basically said 15,000, 30,000, 45,000, 60,000, and 75,000 mile services will all be completed. And at that point, the $2,500 that he paid, he was now ahead of the game. For f- five years of oil changes, $2,500 is not worth it. Oh, I can assure you it's not. So we show up at the dealership, and my friend's deal was very simply this. If the general manager of the dealership doesn't walk into the office and hand me the paper, I'm not accepting it from anybody else. It's just the principal. I don't care. And the money didn't matter to him. So we go over. I sit down with the sales manager that I know, and he says, okay, give me a minute. Let me go get the GM. So he walked over into the other building and came back with the GM and the four of us were sitting in the office and my friend looked at me and said, guy, would you and Richard please do me a favor and excuse us? I'd like to speak to Mr. So-and-so by himself. And we walked out and my friend started laughing and I can tell this because the GM's not there anymore. He started laughing and I said, what's so funny? He says, well, I didn't tell him that he wanted to speak to him. I told him that he wanted to thank him for what he was doing. (laughs) So when we walked out, we could turn around and we could see my friend with the finger pointing and the other gentleman. And and the sad part was the gentleman could not make eye contact with him. He was a guy that was a general manager, not because of his car ability. He was a general manager because he was a good numbers guy. And he took one of the most successful dealerships in town and ran it into the ground and got removed from his position. But the crazy thing was, my friend looked at him and said, how can you be the general manager of a dealership and not return someone's phone call that called you seven times? And without looking him in the face, looking at the ground, he said, I'm just too busy to do that. Well, if you're too busy to reach out to customers' complaints, when has somebody ever told us, okay, now, I went to another GM at the situation, and when I spoke to the other GM, he said, Gary, you let me know. If that doesn't get resolved in the next 30 days, you let me know, and I will call Larry personally. Well, now, Larry was the owner.
3: And and one of the things that, you know, I, I guess is as a person listening to the show, you you either believe in your heart that you're going to be able to go into a... an environment where their sole purpose is not just to take every dollar they can from you. I mean, that's obviously their goal is to make as much as they possibly can, get as much as they possibly can. But they also want to help you buy a car. In theory, that's how they do business. That's their business model. But... Everything about their business model is for the purpose and and benefit of them. As a consumer, to take a chance to call Gary at 602-525-1370, risk absolutely nothing, and have someone make sure that you get the very best possible deal that you could ever hope to get with full transparency, no grief, no aggravation. And if you're not thrilled, of course, there's no fee at all. At the end, if you pay the $400 fee, it's just $400 that you didn't spend at the dealership plus a bunch more. If we didn't save people money, we would be of no benefit. (coughs) Our purpose is not just to help you, it's to guide, protect every facet. And ultimately, if you truly believe that you can do this without the relationships, without the knowledge, and could possibly save money by not calling us, please don't call.
2: You know, and it's funny because I will never doubt what anybody ever tells me anymore. I had a general sales manager of a car dealership call me up on a certain day because he needed a car deal. And if a client would have called me and told me that he was getting this much off on the car and he was getting this much for his trade and they were going to let him buy the warranty for a dollar over and he could buy wheel and tire for less than 300 bucks and he could submit his own loan, go buy the car. You don't need our help to do that. And that's what happened to me. Now, if somebody would have called me and told me what they paid for my challenger, I would have thought they were lying. But I never second guess anything anymore. But understand this. When you're buying a car, nothing matters until you sign it. It's not if I could, would you? And nothing in a car dealership. You are forcing nobody in a dealership to do anything they don't want to do. Have a great week.